Welcome to the FPC Thomasville podcast. We believe human life has a designer, so learning to live by design will help you thrive within all your spheres of influence. Today, we will hear a message from Dr. Sasan Tavasoli as part of our World Mission Conference 2020. You are part of this story. I am basically here to tell you this weekend that you are very much part of what God is doing around the world, whether it's in Kenya, in building churches, whether with me in Iran, whether through your partners in Cuba or Haiti, Thomasville, my Presbyterian, fellow Presbyterian brothers and sisters, you are part of what God is doing. Amen? Amen. Today, I, I've been here a number of times, so I've, I've already shared uh, on many different occasions about how God is at work in the, in the Persian world, in the Muslim uh, global community, especially in Iran. Today, I want to approach my story from a different angle to shed more light on the dynamics of what's happening in my part of the world. I want to start with the story. It happened back in 2009. Hundreds of thousands of Iranians were out on the streets of Tehran protesting the Iranian government's sham elections of President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. People believed the elections were rigged, their votes hadn't counted, and for the second time around, the regime wanted to put Mahmoud Ahmadinejad as the head of the Iranian government. So people were out, out protesting the elections. Thousands of Iranians were arrested and tortured in prisons. People were shot and killed on the streets of Tehran. And in the midst of that turmoil, this is again 2009, there was a political rally at a university campus in Tehran. And the speaker was giving a political message. It was not a Christian message. The speaker was not a Christian. But the political rally that he was leading, he started the message with this sentence. This is what he said. Jesus Christ has said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And then he went on to say, now we know the truth about democracy. We are not going to obey the mullahs anymore. We want freedom. But because of the statement he had said about Jesus, there were a number of students on that campus that day that said, what else has Jesus said? That's very interesting. That's a beautiful, profound statement. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And those students knew that there were a handful of Christians on their campus. So they went to those Christian believers. Can you tell us what else has Jesus said? Can you share with us the words of Christ? And of course, those Christians shared the Bibles they had. And within a matter of a few months, 500 university students had come to faith. In a few years, that movement ended up being over 3,000 students around the country in one network of house churches. But all of it started with this verse, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. We're talking about God's call, how the gospel is going into the world. Tonight, I want to talk about how Iranian Muslims are hearing the call of the gospel. What is it about the gospel of Jesus Christ that appeals to Iranians? What is it that Iranian Muslims are searching and are finding answers when they encounter the truth claims of Jesus Christ? So I want to talk about how Iranians are responding to the call of the gospel. How are they, through their filters, through their questions, through their struggles, what is the most appealing, what is one of the most appealing truths 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And in one word, it's the answer to that question is freedom. Iranians are struggling for freedom. And the call of the gospel resonates with their quest for freedom. Now, some of the freedoms that Iranians are searching for, political freedoms, you know all about that. How many of you guys watched the miniseries on History Channel about George Washington the last three days? So America started with the call to freedom, freedom from the tyranny of the British Empire and King George. It was a very informative, very inspiring miniseries on History Channel. So Iranians are also out for freedom, political freedom. There are other kinds of freedoms that Iranians are, are yearning for that as Americans you might not resonate with, you might not understand. The freedom not to wear mandatory head covers, mandatory hijabs. I want to show a picture of um, an Iranian, if, if that picture, you know, the other picture. So this, this woman, uh, she's now appearing on American media quite regularly. Her name is Masih Ali Nejad. Actually, her first name means Christ, Masih. It's a, it's a name that's used in Iran, even by Muslims. Her name is Masih Ali Nejad. She's a journalist. She's a human rights activist. She's now living in the U.S. Her life was under threats by the Iranian regime as a journalist. Her family is currently being harassed back in Iran. And uh, she wrote a book some time ago called The Wind in My Hair, My Fight for Freedom in Modern Iran. And the campaign she is leading, it's a, it's a protest campaign, it's a human rights campaign, but the campaign she is leading is the freedom for women not to wear the mandatory Islamic garb, the mandatory Islamic head covers. Now, I know that, you know, you guys, that, you don't struggle about that aspect for freedom, but that's a huge area in Iranian society. Just three days ago, there was a column, opinion column in Washington Post, and it was written by the first female Iranian chess uh, judge in international chess championship. The first female Iranian who was appointed to be a judge in international chess championship. She was in China, and her scarf fell from her head. And Iranian media, support, you know, by the government, just you know, was very upset about her. And she started getting death threats just because of the head cover just because of her hair showing. So she, this is the article, Washington Post columnist, I mean, opinion piece. I loosened my hijab at a chess championship. Now I'm afraid to return to Iran. Her life is in danger. She can't go back to Iran. She's seeking asylum. This is the last line of her article in Washington Post. Is it really against the law to be born Iranian? We are also humans, you know. So that's one struggle, the struggle for freedom to not wear mandatory Islamic covers. Another struggle for freedom, the next picture. Till a few months ago, Iranian women, if you could have the next picture, I appreciate that. Till a few months ago, Iranian women were not allowed to attend a sports stadium. Women could not attend soccer matches. They couldn't go to any games that is held in, in a public arena. So a few months ago, an Iranian woman set herself on fire, and she died, to gain the freedom so women could attend soccer matches. Women could attend games in stadiums. So the Iranian regime allowed, just a few months ago, Iranian women attend first soccer match in 40 years. 
only three matches so far they've been able to attend. And FIFA, the International Soccer Federation, is demanding the Iranian regime to allow women to attend sports events. So you can, you can turn off the pictures, thank you. So these struggles for freedom, I'm sure that it's hard to relate uh, for you guys living in America. But there are other aspects, there are other struggles, there are other chains and bondages that I believe are very relevant, some of them are very relevant to even some of you guys sitting here tonight. And the same Jesus that's working miracles in the lives of Iranian Muslims can also work miracles in your life tonight in Thomasville, Georgia, if you're struggling with the same, with the same issues and we see how Jesus is at work in bringing freedom uh, to Iranian Muslims. So that's, I want to talk about the sense of freedom that the gospel brings, the way Iranians hear the call of the gospel. It resonates with their heart, their yearning for freedom. Jesus says in John 8, 36, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians 5, 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Jesus has called us, set us to be free. Galatians 5.13, Paul continues, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So what are some of the areas of struggles, bondage, that Iranians, when they hear the gospel, when they respond to Jesus in faith, they receive a sense of freedom? What are some areas that is appealing to Iranians. Number one, I have just a few points and examples I want to share with you tonight. Freedom from fear. Jesus sets us free from fear. Freedom from fear. Fear of what? In many, many uh, experiences of Muslims around the world, not all, but many Muslims, in their experience, in their relationship with God, in their religion, there is a fear of an angry God. Fear of God punishing them for their sins. Fear of death and grave. And that's a huge fear that many Muslims live with, many Muslims struggle with. Fear that God is ultimately unhappy with us. God is ready to judge us. God is ready to zap us. And once we die, God will come and get us for all the sins, all our shortcomings. So many Muslims live with that sense of fear. And when they hear the gospel, when they encounter truth such as 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. When they re read passages like, again, 1 John 5, 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. In Hebrews 2.15, the author tells us that Christ's death frees those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So Jesus frees us from fear, fear of an angry God, fear of death, fear of judgment, fear of punishment. When I first became a pastor in the Iranian community in Atlanta, Georgia, Tim, don't hold this against me. I was just brand new. And I never took a pastoral theology course in seminary. 
There was an older Iranian lady who had moved to Atlanta from, from some Scandinavian country. She had trusted Christ. And shortly after she came to our church, she passed away. And I went to uh, give my condolences to her family. Her adult sons were all Muslims. And they told me, they said, we want you to conduct a funeral for our mom because we know that she was a Christian. But because we are Muslims, we also want to ask the local mullah, the local Shiite cleric uh, that the Iranian government had sent to Atlanta, we want him to also conduct a funeral service with you. I said, sure, no problem. <laughs> so at the funeral home, behind the pulpit with the cross in front of it, there was this Shiite mullah talking about the fear of the grave of how the angels will come and ask the dead person in the grave all these questions and how, you know, there is a fear of judgment and so on and so forth. So after a while, the sons put a note on the podium, please get down, we have another speaker after you. <laughs> so then I get up and I say, there is no fear. She is in the arms of our Savior. There is no judgment. And so then the Muslims had wrapped up her body in the Islamic fashion. They put her in a coffin Christians put a cross on the coffin, and we took her to the grave. The Muslims said their prayers. I did the Christian prayers. So we don't know how it ended up, doing, a, <laughs> doing, a, doing an interfaith funeral service. Tim, this was my first and last time I did interfaith funeral service. But, but my point was I was so amazed at the emphasis on fear by the Muslim speaker, the fear of the grave the fear of death, the fear of judgment. And in the encounter with Christ in the Gospels, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. I don't know, maybe some of you might be struggling with fear, fear of death, fear of the unknown, fear of the future. I love the worship song. What a phenomenal worship group. Please keep singing. But this is a God who is always working in our lives, for our behalf, even when we don't see it, even when the future is not known. So freedom from fear is a huge appeal of the gospel to Iranian Muslims. Freedom, another point, second point, freedom from the burden of religious rituals and obligations. Now, what I mean by that is many, vast majority of Muslims, including Iranian Muslims, do not speak or understand Arabic. But all the prayers have to be said in Arabic formulas recited in Arabic, they don't know what they're saying. So all these rituals are being done in, in a language you don't even understand. And so many people find these rituals very meaningless. And we hear so many testimonies of Iranians that when we accept Jesus, we enter a relationship with the God who is our Father. We can speak to Him in our mother tongue. It's not just rituals and formulas and repeating things we don't understand. It's a, it's a natural language of the heart. It's not rituals. It's a relationship. And that relationship is very precious for many Iranian Muslims. Uh, the, the, the clip that um, I'm going to talk about one of these guys on Sunday, one of the guys you saw in the clip that had raised his hands like this out of the water. Uh, how God changed him from being an angry man to now being in full-time ministry within a matter of two or three years. But this transformation that takes place because Muslims come into a real relationship with the living God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So freedom from the burden of rituals to a real relationship. 
Another freedom that Iranian Muslims experience often when they hear the gospel and respond in faith, freedom from blindly accepting religious dogma. What I mean is that one of the, one of the appeals of the Bible is the honesty and reality of people of the faith that when they struggle with God with doubts, when they bring themselves and their brokenness and their questions and their cries before God without feeling like God is going to get upset with them. When we read the Psalms and the psalmists are crying out to God, where are you? What happened to your promises? How come you don't come to our rescue? That kind of language would be anathema in Islam, would be blasphemy in the Quran, would not be allowed. You are not allowed to question. You are not allowed to struggle with doubts. You are not allowed to wrestle with God. But in the biblical narratives, even when Jesus on the cross cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? One of the most prominent Iranian Shiite intellectuals says, to me, this is the most amazing thing about the Bible, that Jesus, this great prophet of God, is crying out to God and saying, where are you? The freedom to be real, the freedom to be honest with your struggles and doubts, Jesus allows that. Islam does not. And that's a precious freedom that Iranians that feel that they have been oppressed and they have to accept things blindly without question can use their mind, can use their questions, can use their doubts, and God is patient. God answers. God waits for them. God accepts them and does not reject them. So freedom from blindly accepting dogma and the freedom to question and struggle and be real. Freedom, another aspect of freedom, freedom from obeying an Arab religion. What I mean by that is, again, many Iranians say, this is a religion that's imposed from another culture on us. This does not, does not connect with our own cultural stories, cult language, our own identity as who we are. And in the gospel, we are free God is the creator of all cultures and nations. Yes, all nations are fallen, but all nations and cultures also reflect something about truth and goodness and beauty. And we are free to celebrate that. We are free to discover that. We are free to, to, to cultivate that. And the freedom that the gospel brings to accept your own identity as a, as a, as a child of God, as the people of God. There is a beautiful passage in 1 Peter chapter 2. I'll read a couple of verses, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, 1 Peter. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So we can be the people of God. We don't, we, we don't have to feel as second-class citizens in God's kingdom, God's church, because we are not Arabs. So that's another aspect of the freedom that the gospel brings. Freedom, another aspect of freedom of the gospel, is freedom from sadness and somberness versus the joy and singing in the church. Shiite Islam is a very sad religion. There are so many imams that have been killed and so much commemorating the deaths and the martyrdoms of, of all the imams and the prophets. 
In fact, according to a Shiite Islam, crying is a meritorious act. You get points with God if you cry. And if you beat yourself as you're commemorating the death of, for example, Prophet Muhammad's grandson, you might have seen some of those uh, scenes in Iraq, in Iran. And the thing that is amazing to Iranian Muslims, more than, any, more than Tim, any of our preaching and teaching, is our singing and worship. Is the joy that they say, what kind of a God is this? That they are singing to him like this. They are laughing and smiling and joyful and worshipful. Nobody sings in the mosque. Nobody is joyful in the mosque ever, ever. Please look at all the mosque clips you can, you can get, a, get a hold of in, in, uh, on YouTube. It's angry. It's a sad moment. Not a, it's a time of joy and clapping and laughter and singing. So freedom from sadness. The gospel brings freedom from sadness, from somberness and hopelessness, and the gospel brings joy and singing. Freedom. <clears throat> From Now, we are Presbyterians, I know. But freedom from demonic dark forces. In the gospel, there is deliverance. So much, we hear so many testimonies of people feeling under dark bondages. And Jesus sets them free. Now, one of the biggest bondages that God is using for his own purposes is the bondage of addiction. One of the greatest ways the call of the gospel is going into the Iranian society is through the 12-step program, the Narcotics Anonymous, the NA program. And people are coming to Christ through the 12-step programs like you wouldn't believe. Because the 12-step programs is based on accepting grace. That, that's, there is no room for that in Islamic ideology accepting forgiveness, in surrendering to God. It's based on a relationship with God, not obeying rituals and dogmas. So 12 steps, the, the bondage of addiction is a way that God is getting a hold of many, many Iranian Muslims. The bondage of all kinds of spiritual bondage, evil eye in, in our part of the world, you know, casting spells, casting evil eyes, putting curses, these are huge aspects of our culture. And Iranians are experiencing great freedom in the gospel when they turn to Christ. So freedom from evil, dark forces and being delivered in the name of Christ. Freedom from anger, revenge, and hatred. That's a huge theme in Iranian culture. In Islam, it's eye for an eye. There's a lot of anger and revenge. Iranians have one of the highest rates of anger and depression, according to Gallup Global Survey. And when they come to Christ, they experience, when I say when they come to Christ, I'm not talking about the first day, it's a process. But in the gospel, they find the freedom and the power to forgive, to not be consumed by revenge and hatred and anger. We have little kids in the room, so I won't go into details, but one of the guys I baptized a couple of months ago he was not in this news clip. Hopefully, he will be featured in the clip that's coming out tomorrow on CBN. When he came out of the water, young, handsome actor in, in Iran, 
when he came out of the water, he shouted with loud voice, God, thank you that you gave me the power to forgive. And what had happened was he had been assaulted by four people in his life. And there was that deep brokenness, deep wound in his life. And at the moment of his baptism, what he shouted was the ability and the power to forgive people that had hurt him. This is the freedom of the gospel. This is the call of Jesus on his life. Freedom from bondage to hatred and anger and revenge. Experiencing the freedom in Christ. Another aspect of freedom, freedom from shame. Like many cultures, we, we experience deep shame with various aspects of our broken lives. And it's a culture that emphasizes the facade, the public facade. As long as people don't see what's inside, you're okay. The gospel gives us freedom to accept the reality of our brokenness without shame, to bring all of ourselves before Christ to be healed, to be touched, to be cleansed. So freedom from shame is another appeal of the gospel that in Islam, uh, there is just no room for it. Unconditional love and acceptance because this Jesus knows everything about you and he still loves you. He doesn't reject you. This is the kind of God we encounter in this book, in this message, in this story. And he's setting Iranians free from centuries of bondage to shame, to playing, a, you know, having this public facade. And the final point, the final point I want to talk about is freedom from being slaves of Allah and ex- freedom from being slaves of Allah and experiencing becoming sons and daughters of God. And that's huge, our identity. According to Islam, the highest status human beings can achieve is the status of being servants of God, slaves of God. And when they read the Bible and they say, by faith in Christ, we can become sons and daughters of God, we can call God Abba, Father, that's just unbelievable. That's just out of this world experience. This is the freedom that Iranian Muslims are experiencing, the freedom to become children of the living God, not just servants and slaves that have to obey. Now, I decided not to read some passages uh, from a survey that was done years ago from, by Fuller Seminary in Southern California, uh, Fuller Seminary interviewed over 650 Muslims, former Muslims who are now followers of Christ from 40 different countries. And many of these themes I touched on, uh, theme of being freed from fear of God, uh, fear of punishment, fear of death, experiencing ourselves as children of God, this survey also indicated the same trends. This is, this is how the call of the gospel is going to the Muslim world that Jesus sets you free. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. If you know the truth of God's love, you will be free indeed. And whether it's through satellite TV, broadcasting programs into, uh, into homes all over Iran, Afghanistan, and the diaspora, whether it's through Bibles being smuggled into the country, whether it's through people, people in the West who come to faith, Iranians who live in diaspora and they contact their family members in Iran and share the gospel with them, whether it's through dreams and visions, as I always say, and don't forget this, Jesus is running around loose in the Muslim world. 
<laughs> Jesus is running around loose in Thomasville, Georgia. This is the kind of Jesus we worship. Let me end with this story. You saw an image of Brother Edward. Brother Edward used to be the former bishop of the Assemblies of God Church. His brother, who was the bishop before him, was assassinated by the Iranian regime in 1994. I was with Brother Edward in Turkey a couple of months ago. He heard this great story, a great story again of how Jesus is at work in the Iranian Muslim world. There, was a, there is a guy in Iran, he's the chief of his tribe, a Sunni tribe. Now, Iranians are Shiite Muslims, 98% Shiites. But there is a Sunni minority, I'm sorry, yeah, 90% Shiites in Iran. And because of the Shiite majority oppresses the Sunni minority, the Sunnis are mostly along Iranian borders, the border with Iraq, the border with Afghanistan and Pakistan. And those are very dangerous regions. And there's always a lot of fighting between Shiites and Sunnis killing each other across our border region. So in a, there was a, there's a tribe near the Iran-Pakistan border, and the chief of the tribe was watching satellite TV and was watching satellite TV programs. I'm not saying he was watching my programs. I'm just saying satellite TV programs. I don't know whose programs. And then he ended up also having a dream that Jesus appeared to him in a dream. And based on his teachings from satellite TV that he had received and the dream, it confirmed what he was kind of, you know, what he was processing and thinking. He gave his life to Christ, the chief of a village, a Sunni village by the Iran-Pakistan border. Because he had become a Christian, all the people of his tribe said, since our leader is now a Christian, we want to be Christians too. It's like the old days. The whole tribe converted to Christianity. The revolutionary guards in the province heard about this. They called the guy in. What is it? You've become a Christian? He said, yeah. And you've led your whole tribe to become Christians? Yeah. And then this is what the, the tribal leader said to the revolutionary guards. He said, when we were Sunnis, we used to kill you Shiites. So we have two options. We can either become Sunnis again and keep killing you, or we can remain Christians, and Jesus tells us to love our enemies, to love you. So this is your choice. What do you want me to do? <laughs> and the Revolutionary Guard says, no, keep being a Christian. That, that's fine with us. This is the kind of Jesus that we see impacting our lives, transforming our lives, calling us into his kingdom, calling us into his truth, into his freedom, into his gospel. And this is how Iranians are hearing this call and responding to him. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for setting us free. Thank you for every brother and sister in this room who has experienced your deep freedom in various relationships and aspects of their lives because if the sun sets us free, we are free indeed. If there is anybody in this room that is still struggling with some kind of chain, some kind of fear, some kind of bondage in their relationships, in their personal life, in their hopes, in their fears of future, in their regrets from the past, they're struggling with shame, it's some brokenness that they don't even want to tell anybody else about, I pray that they too will encounter you in a new way, in a special way, and experience your freedom. 
the power of your gospel, your call in their lives in a new way and be freed from anything that's holding them back from experiencing you in the fullest possible way. I thank you for the commitment of this beautiful church to your mission, to your church, to your body, and to your gospel. In Christ's name, amen.